What is happening, everybody? What is shaking? What's going down? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to go ahead and help support this podcast in a free way, you can click subscribe on iTunes, click write a review, give the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so, and that will help shoot the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, and uh, that will make the show more nationally visible. It will help strangers find the podcast and uh, ultimately give more exposure to the folks that come on the podcast and, and just create more sustainability for what's going on here. So much appreciation for anybody that has already taken the time, and I would just encourage you to just take the couple minutes and please do so, and it's uh, just incredibly helpful. You can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which uh, features a bunch of in-studio performances, live show performances, and and things of that nature. Click subscribe there as well, and then you'll know when the, the new videos pop up into the feed. DanCablePresents.com is your central location to find all of these things. The new episode pops up there every Friday as well. So uh, yeah, we got a killer episode coming at you. Episode 134. Strange Hotels are on the show today. I'm incredibly pumped to share this uh, this conversation with y'all. Um, Strange Hotels is also a part of this big Doug Fur show going down here in Portland on November 20th. A Dan Cable Presents event that I want to remind you about. We're doing a live filming, tracking all the audio, and we're going to produce a bunch of really great videos from all of these bands. So November 20th, the Doug Fur, the legendary Doug Fur, it is going down. Killer Bill, we got Strange Hotels on it. We got Gold Casio and uh, Autonomics. So that's going to be quite a banger down there at the... uh, the Doug first. So if you haven't gotten your tickets already, I would encourage you to do so because we do expect this thing to sell out and it'll also uh, it'll save you a few shekels if you go ahead and get your tickets now on the uh, the Doug Fur website. So uh, check into that. That is November 20th. So pumped for it. First time throwing a show at the Doug Fur, my favorite venue in town. So I can't wait to see all of your lovely faces out there. And uh, also, we got the the third annual Dan Cable Presents Holidays Party going down. And we're actually doing, I'm doing three nights this year. Three nights, three different venues, three different genres of music. It's going to be killer. The first one is on December 1st at Turn, Turn, Turn with uh, some really cool post-rock bands of and, and music of that nature we got beige radio coming down from seattle and rare monk and small leaks sink ships so that's night one of the holidays party 
And uh, the other two nights are December 14th and December 15th. I will announce the lineups for those probably uh, next week or so. But pumped for all that going on. And uh, I'm really stoked on this uh, this chat and this hang that I had with with Nick and Ben from from Strange Hotels. I'll tell you what. I I don't know how how all of you are out there, but I've definitely been in a a bit of a funk the last week or so and even going into this uh to to meet up with with Ben and Nick to to do this podcast. I was uh I don't know. I was just feeling feeling some weight i was feeling out of sorts and um and and then i got there and i realized that i forgot the uh the power cable for the recorder which excellent way to to kick things off but luckily uh, uh the fellas had some batteries around and and we were able to solve that issue pretty quickly and then we started the podcast and full disclosure i forgot to hit record you know i tested the mics everything was sounding great and we started getting into things and about two and a half minutes in i realized that uh we weren't recording anything so um it was it was off to a a rough start for myself but i i just want to thank nick and ben for for just being such cool dudes that it they didn't seem bothered by it or or uh you know irritated by the situation at all which was which was very cool and um so you know we we referenced that in the beginning of the conversation that that we we kind of rehashed the first couple minutes in some form and and uh yeah just it was it was just not off to a great start for for me personally and uh i don't know i just kind of you know i felt like an asshole a little bit because it's the first time that I'm meeting either of these dudes. So, um, aside from some messaging back and forth, you know, this is kind of meeting up with some strangers and first impressions, but luckily these, these dudes are amazing. They're great people. I had so much fun hanging out with them and, and learning about where they come from and, and just learning about the, the dynamic between them and, and how that, transfers over into their creative process and it was just one of those things by the by the end of it and after leaving there I've, I felt so much better about everything and and um, just another one of those conversations that uh, that filled me up and and kind of helped me uh, escape some of the the heaviness that I've been feeling of late and um, after we we did the podcast we ended up hanging out for another 30 or 45 minutes just kind of kind of bullshitting and and they showed me a couple new strange hotels tracks that are that are in the works and which were they're fire they're great they're killer and um it's it's so cool for me to to kind of get some of those sneak peeks from from things that haven't been released yet i always feel very uh fortunate and and privileged to uh, to have the opportunity and and just the willingness of people to kind of show me things that are that are in the works, you know, not completely polished products, but they're willing to kind of share. And uh, like I said, I, I I had so much fun hanging out with these guys, and 
I felt like we we all quickly became friends, and um, I'm I'm just so pumped to have them a part of this this Doug Fur filming, especially after just having the opportunity to to hang for a bit and uh, to get to know them. So, um, yeah, the productions that that these two dudes are putting together, I think, are just very next level and and such such great songwriting and um i'm just really enjoying what they're tapping into for anybody that's familiar with the portland music scene these these two dudes were uh, a part of a band called the lower 48 for a long time and and they started that back in minnesota and they brought it to portland many years ago and uh they carried that out for a long time and and about a year ago they uh, they started scheming on on this new project and we spent a lot of time talking about that and um just want to give a shout out to our our mutual friend uh chris martell who has uh, been a big help in putting together this doug fur show and and he's also the uh the the booking agent for strange hotels and and they just had great things to say about him as well and and so i just want to give that dude a nice little shout out and uh, yeah man stoked to share this conversation and uh i encourage you all to uh if you like what you hear you should definitely not miss this uh this show on november 20th there at the doug fur and uh, you can find Strange Hotels music all over the streaming platforms. They've got uh, the mixtape EP, which was their initial release. That's got some killer tracks. We're going to feature a couple off those. And then they also put out a, uh, a couple new singles not too long ago as well. And uh, hope you all are uh, doing well out there. Yeah. And if you're uh, feeling some heaviness feeling some weights on your uh, your shoulders i hope you are uh, free of that soon and just keep uh keep pushing on through you know big hugs to everybody out there much love much appreciation for the folks that just continue to tune into this podcast and uh, don't forget to leave your itunes reviews super important to the podcast i know i say it every single episode and i'll, I'll probably continue to do so until we reach like some crazy amount of reviews where we we just don't need them anymore you know but we need them now i'll tell you what we sure do um yeah let's do this thing man we got episode 134 i will make sure all of the links for strange hotels are in the episode notes so you can easily uh follow them you can follow me on uh at dan cable presents on instagram at dan cable on twitter and whatnots and uh the old facebook if you want to get involved in that dumpster fire and uh yeah this is it everybody this is uh this is my conversation with strange hotels on episode 134 we're gonna kick it off with the first track off of their mixtape ep and uh this song is called ring ring let's get into it
strange hotels. What's up, dude? We don't have to say the, the same thing. We're, we'll make it happen. There were, we the the intro that was deleted is now gone forever, and that was just for us. That was just for us. That was right. just special for us. It was a journey, though. We went through a lot, but and now you guys will never know. Yeah, I mean, we did address that we're in this this lovely space of you guys. We're, we're in our practice studio right now, where you uh, do a lot of uh, producing of all the songs. I would imagine all that jazz yeah, as well. Yeah, we, we recorded everything we've done so far has been in here. And, we, and in our apartments. Yeah, <laughs> and in the apartments. And, uh, yeah, we were talking how you guys, you know, formed Strange Hotels out of this band, The Lower 48. Yeah. That was nine years, he said, it or so. N- yeah, nine years. We, we um, started it in Minneapolis and uh, right out of high school. And then we moved here kind of all together virtually over, like, six months. And we're like, I don't know why Portland, but it was just, like... It was in the, the air. Yeah, I was like, let's get out of the Midwest. Looking back, we listened to a lot of bands from Portland in high school, but I didn't think about that at the time. But maybe it was drawing us. It was kind of in the air too. I remember like a lot of people, like people I thought were cool, were like, oh, "I'm moving to Portland." Yeah, <laughs> I remember like, "Whoa, Portland! That sounds so cool." The name Portland. Had any of you like been here? I'd never been here. Me either. You visited me. I visited once, once for before. a week or something. Yeah, before. <clears throat> we just kind of decided this was going to be the spot. Y- yeah. I Like, I mean, I think the initial appeal was just that it was not where I grew up. That was enough. Somewhere else. Somewhere else, yeah. And, like, you know, West Coast, 2,000 miles away. It was, <laughs> you know, it felt like an adventure. Enough to, like, stay excited about Portland for years and years. And now I just, we're cozy. Yeah. We're, I mean, it'd be hard to leave now. I would assume it's a you know, much different vibe early on from, from the, the Midwest oh, yeah. and scene. And we, we were like 18, so we couldn't drink, which like this is a, such a drinking city. I mean, in Minneapolis, like you could go to shows in like as soon as you were 18. And even under 18, you could go to some shows and they just put like a black X on your hand and you yeah. couldn't get drinks. Absolutely. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of all ages show. Yeah. And they weren't like lame like they are here. <laughs> like they're like hey. actually like you know people in their 20s and 30s who were down to go and not be like oh i don't want to go to right that. they're yeah. like here you get the separation where most all ages shows unless it's like a big big show at the crystal you you get like the people who go to all ages shows and then everybody else goes to the 21 plus shows yeah there's not there's not a whole lot of crossover totally like you were saying there's not too many spots where where someone underage can go to a place where they do serve booze yeah. and just get the x's on their hands and yeah. not drink you know? wristband yeah or whatever like we would we i went to tons of shows in high school like yeah that was just the thing to do well even i don't know in southern california when i was playing a bunch of shows there's you know a few years where we were playing venues and we weren't 21 yet and it was it was that situation you know, yeah where we just got the x's on the hands and, yeah. and all of our friends could still come to the shows as well pre-game you know, like, a little yeah maybe sneak <laughs> some in the bathroom <laughs> yeah. yeah um but when did you guys start playing music together well so we both kind of came from like musical families and so i think we both like took piano lessons and like like whatever was exposed to music at an early age i started getting into playing other than like the suzuki method cello piano which i thought was so boring um 
I started playing guitar when I was like 12 or 13. And you started playing, what, like, same? Yeah, like guitar. And drums? Yeah, guitar and drums, probably like 12, something like that. So when you guys, like, st- first started hanging out, was that I already think. a mutual interest yeah. that you were both kind of playing music or, or messing around with different instruments? I think you, we had mutual friends and um, in middle school, even, who, like, you, I played music with them and you played with them. But I don't think we, like, actually played together. I, the first time we were going to play, should I tell the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we, I have a wicked stepmom. You, she's, <laughs> she's wicked. She's like a... Like Boston wicked? Like, or Like Cinderella like style. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, All right. She's wicked, yeah. Like Nick had to polish and clean everything. and like Yeah. It, yeah. No, that's not true. But, Cinderella over here. Uh, yeah, I love that image of you, Cinderella. But <laughs> it was like... We were on the bus in ninth grade, and it was like, I I was like, my mom can give me a ride over. I can bring my, like, solid state Marshall amp and, like, Fender Squire, and we're going to, like, jam. And because the drums are in Nick's basement, and we got the ride, got the amps inside. We're, like, halfway down the stairs struggling with this big amp, and then, like, the door bursts open, and your stepmom just starts screaming at us. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you doing? You can't play. Yeah. She's was, like a classical pianist. She's like a professor or whatever. And not fired up about the, the rock and roll. Yeah. She was, yeah. And also not very gifted at speaking to children. So, so we didn't play. <clears throat> and uh, we didn't play. We ended up going back to his house. Yeah. But so the first time we tried to play it was unsuccessful. It was met with anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From so, the universe. Like, what was. What was it like learning how to like try to play drums in that environment? I mean, I remember a couple of times where like they were cool with it and like I would be like running, like trying to like practice rudiments or like slowing down beats or whatever, but I don't remember it fondly. I don't remember it being like welcomed with open arms because it totally like clashed with what she had to do. Yeah. And there wasn't like, I don't know. But then when I got the drum kit in my parents basement yeah then we started jamming all the time because his parents and his house was just amazing to me it was like this wonderful inviting precious encouraging art space it was pretty tight yeah ben you said you like you grew up in a musical family as well so like we're both your parents my mom instruments comes, my or? mom says families uh a lot of professional musicians and just and everybody who didn't like do it for a living like did it their whole life like singing and very like classic just american midwest like a cultural lot of, yeah music a lot of like people learned to play in church and were learned to sing in church and then a lot of jazz and like shit like that yeah but then yeah my parents like were remarkably cool about it they just were like yeah as loud as you want to be whenever so. we're gonna order some pizza for you yeah <laughs> that's true there's a lot of pizza it's always rad to uh you gotta have a space like that somewhere Actually, now they now i think about it you're there's a couple like scenes of funny interactions in that your dad's basement like yeah. when i rolled in oh like, yeah reeking of weed like it was like one of the first times i smoked <laughs> weed and it was like I was 14 and i just like walked downstairs oh and, my like, god stunk. yeah he was like <laughs> he smelled like, so strong of weed and just like long hair you have to picture like long hair ben Curly, like, scrawny, <laughs> like nerdy glasses. My, my dad came down. And he's like, I was super cool. He's like, Hey guys, so what's the, what's that smell? 
oh, geez. <laughs> oh, geez. And he just didn't deal with he it. He just didn't say he anything. Just he just stormed upstairs saying, oh, geez, oh, geez. And then we left, and he, like, stopped me on the way out. He's like, Nick, so uh, who's smoking weed? <laughs> Nick just threw me under the bus. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was, there was terrified. Else. He had to live there. I think that was you my... It's true. Throw it was either me or him. Was, yeah. <laughs> I think it was my first experience of, like, super high paranoia too because i was like instantly my heart filled with fear <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it, that like totally shaped the way he thought of ben for the first like couple years of knowing him <laughs> and then it just turns out that we're like in this like life endeavor together like, in a yeah. band we've been playing together for over a decade now <laughs> but for like, a little while i was like the long-haired like bad influence stoner dude that's yeah. so funny too because especially you know those first couple times of of token up, like you don't realize that you're just walking around reeking of it. Yeah, <laughs> so I know. It's just like, yeah. don't, no, you don't. Don't even think about it, and you just kind of like, like now. I don't think. About yeah, it right. And you you think <laughs> you think that no one knows, but everybody's just like, oh, that's that that's that dude that smells like weed all the time. Yeah, <laughs> bummer. He's got the goods. Wow. It's so much different in the Midwest too. It's just like way more stigmatized. Right. Like, it's not, yeah, it's not really. I remember moving here and being like, oh, it like almost feels like it's legal. That's right. Like, you know, it wasn't. De facto legal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I remember moving here like before the recreational legalization. And yeah, people were just like smoking kind of at anywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is very laid back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was coming from California, which is like, you know, pretty. Laid back, too. laid back too, but yeah. this was like Even this whole more. different level of it. I was like, oh, you can just kind of like what walk year around. did you move here? Um, I've been here for almost six years, so I guess that was like 2013. Cool, yeah. nice. So just long enough to kind of see the tail end of, yeah, of the Portland dream turn mm-hmm. into uh, whatever it is at the this, LA this current vacation or whatever or migration. Yeah, I don't know. It's Nick was just saying how many people have moved here from LA, like that he like runs into yeah 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 i drive for lyft sometimes and like that lakers game i literally like dropped off and picked up like 10 lakers fans and not a single blazer fan (laughs) and then after the game like people like mob out on the street and it was just like lakers jerseys like it was crazy yeah but we but the blazers won so they did. They did. They did. That that happened. They spoiled LeBron's debut. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like we I don't know. It's been it's been a good journey since coming here. Like definitely some some ins and outs in terms of personnel uh in the old band and just like who we work with and then it's kind of now boiled down to just us like the last year has been like really um intense amount of work and like that is it seems like it's more work because there's just two of us, but it also feels like it could only be two of us right now because of how much we're committed. It's like it'd be, it'd be hard to have somebody else like match up with the schedule, you know? Yeah, and and I would imagine that it also makes it idea or easier to introduce new ideas. Yeah, mm-hmm. more more efficiently sometimes. It, mm-hmm. Like it even, definitely does. Maybe even like at at live shows. Oh yeah, you can yeah. Be, a yeah, little more, more loose with things. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, I'm playing guitar and the bass pedals with my feet and then keyboard. And it's like, I don't really have to communicate with anybody else about chords. We just deal with like rhythms and form together. 
Right. So like, it's pretty easy to just like, eh, now we're going here on stage, which is great. We love doing that. Right. It's yeah. Like, yeah. A lot of these shows we've had to play, it's been like, we'll have to play for three hours. Cause that's just like, we're trying to just like keep the lights on and like keep whatever money's coming in, coming in. So we're just saying yes to like anything. Playing so, like a lot of these like bar gigs exactly, and, and things like that. Exactly. Like a more rural, like, well, you're the band. You got to play, like entertain us all night. And so that's led to like, Oh shit, we got to make 10 songs last <laughs> three hours or whatever. Yeah. And so like, we've added more songs, some covers, but mostly it's just like improvising, figuring out ways to like, go back to the first verse, but do it different enough where it's like, not just like repetition where it actually is elevating and progressing the song. And so, yeah, with two people, we can just, we try every, I think we try different shit on every song. We every, do. Every yeah. night. Yeah. And we've been playing together for so long that it's like, we just speak the same language. Like I don't, I don't even, it's not conscious. It's just like, I can just hearing what like he's doing. Some, I'm like, ah, I know where he's going to go. And like, we, from we like, there's like, eye contact and like garbled. Yeah. Half and English kinda, and grunts. Head and, nods. And, and yeah. 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 I mean, I, at this point I would imagine you've kind of created your own language amongst each other. Definitely. And, you know, that's, we've always kind of had that a vibe. Of, too, a lot of like, curse words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did that happen like pretty quickly though? When you guys first started jamming yeah. back in high school and stuff, it, it just, just kind of seemed to make sense between the two of you and, we, yeah, we I've clicked. I felt like since we met, it's we've just kind of had this thing where we like in everything that we would do, like going to parties or like scoring beer, we've just kind of always had this like. <laughs> that was. <laughs> I mean, that's just shit that we did together. You know, it's that's like true. high school shenanigans. Like, yeah. we always like had this thing where we could kind of like work it and like kind of know what each other was thinking a little bit. Yeah, we always clicked. <clears throat> yeah. And I, yeah, like even when I moved out here first, and it was like seven, six, seven months between when you moved out, we would like talk on the phone every day. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, there's this good connection. Yeah, and when when you guys did, when you moved out here initially, was the intent to just keep the music thing going? As yeah, mu- that as was much the whole, that possible? was the whole plan. Was like, Lower Forty Eight is relocating to Portland, and we are going to like take this more seriously than ever which uh, like moving to a place where you don't know anybody and you can't go into any establishment late at night as like lonely and kind of hard it as it was it the isolation was really good for the like amount of music we were able to do i think i don't know i remember like writing a lot of songs those years yeah well and like you know when you have to redefine yourself as a thing it's like now all the people around you think that you're that it kind of like helps push you into that even more i think mm-hmm. yeah so but yeah that's what this year's been it's like we're in this band forever it was like um i mean marginally successful band to the point at least where we like we're really busy and so um yeah the lower 48 had like a pretty strong following yeah we did pretty good it was i mean you know whatever it was it was what it was but we definitely like had a lot of commitments and we did a lot of work together and this new year has been this like great feeling of like this is something new which is like the best feeling yeah i would imagine just in anything right especially after like doing something yeah for nine years or so yeah and and, i was kind of tapped out yeah what what kind of ultimately led to 
branching off and, and creating strange hotels? I mean, you probably have a different answer for this, but I, what I see is like, so we record all our music on, this is going to be a kind of run around answer, but I'll get there. Yeah, all right. So we record all our music on uh, like iPads or iPhones on this like cheap little app that we found like five years ago. And it started with just like, oh, we can multi-track on an iPhone, like crappy little recordings. But then we like, we were like, oh, we can add some pieces of gear and just multi- like record any microphone through a preamp. And it like sounds pretty good. And us two really just started working on it. At first independently, like I put out a little solo album, he put out a solo album, it's on Spotify. And um, I think we just got really, really, really interested in that. And then that just led to this like different branch from the band that we were in because it was like, oh, we can do all this stuff together, this app. And it was just kind of this thing we had and we'd start... Because a lot of times, like if you only go into a studio to record, like you write songs for two years, go into a studio for like three weeks and then that's it. And then what you get is what you get. And like, so the idea of being able to record our own stuff all the time was just amazing. It was so exciting. And so he recorded all these songs and like I would like play bass on them or like sing a little harmony and then I would record songs and he would sing or and play drums or percussion on it. And before we knew it, we were just like, oh, we've collaborated on like 25 songs and we have all these like new ones in the pipe. And then it was like, we should make an album together. That's like not like the, the first stuff was good, but it was like, you know, like one foot on bass. Like we were like, oh, these are demos that we're working on. But then we kind of like realized, like, oh, this could actually, we could make maybe real music to be released once we got good enough on the shitty iPhones. And, um, and then we were just like, we should just start a band and put out some of this music. And then that just kind of was like led to where we are now. Yeah. How do you, how do you see it unfolding, Nick? Yeah. I mean, it felt like a really like natural thing, like definitely that recording app, like it kind of like reshaped or created a, a different new process of making music in addition to, you know, the process that we were already doing, which is like, you know, like writing a song on guitar and then like kind of like bringing it to your musician friends and being like, let's work this up and then recording it later, you know? Right. And what we would do is we'd always <laughs> record we'd like those would build up and build up and then we'd go into a professional studio and track them and, all and, together. And sometimes you'd be recording music that was just written, but sometimes you'd be recording music that was written two years before. Right. right. And this, this method is kind of like, it's like almost backwards the way that we've done it for the most part with strange hotels, which is like just starting a song off the cuff, like, Almost more like how you would do like hip hop or rap, like more starting like with like a, a, a beat, yeah, and like producing a beat, and then like we kind of like sample in this way our musicianship on it. And there are you know songs where we like actually like tracked them all the way through, but like a lot of them are like you know beats and then musicianship sort of layered over it and singing, and then like we kind of like interpret it live. So like we just figured out a way to like play what we made mm -hmm. without 
thinking well, because, of how right. it was going to be played live when it was made originally. We were just kind of like, this is how a, this is how the song is, and it sounds good. And then we kind of like, okay, we're musicians now, so let's take that concept of the song and use what exactly. we have. Like, the songs <clears throat> start as studio productions. Especially because, those of you listening, you can't see, but we're in a fairly small room, and so there's, like, no isolation. So it's pretty rare that we record that we're actually like recording keyboard at the same time as guitar or, or sorry keyboard at the same time as drums or bass and drums or singing together it's like mostly a multi-track process where it's layered and so the music like did need to be just reinterpreted live where it's like how are we going to pull off this like we tracked like 25 things on this how right. are we going to make it deliver live right and you just kind of have to like figure out the most integral parts and maybe sometimes you're like playing you know a hook that was played on the guitar and the keyboard two separate hooks then i'll like you know interpret it into one or just thing commit to or it being different too yeah like sometimes you're like this just needs to be different to work but like, live is so different like i think that's a big thing that i mean i i always knew that we've always like talked about this to you know, like how live is just different from recording but like really like this last year like seeing how like time people's concept of time live is much different like you can just stay in the pocket of a groove for like 10 minutes if it's good and people will just be like feeling it and yeah. and dancing and, and moving and you don't have to change the song that out much. and it just is like yeah but if you do that on a recording it's really boring <laughs> and, and it needs much it needs more and it needs to change quick in a recording but like live like people it's just like the sound it's i don't know what it is it's well, so loud well, and sometimes people are it's dancing like something like, starts and people just kind of are like thinking about something else and like at the bar talking to a friend and then like starts creeping into their ear and by the time they even realize they like what's going on if it were the recording it would be on to the next thing right but live three minutes right which is nothing yeah when someone's drunk but live it's like somebody can turn and just be like oh I, this thing's been good and it's kind of slowly enraptured me and got me into it yeah it's just an energy yeah and they're watching capturing. you do it too and that's just a a totally different thing it's like you're watching this like also this feat of like you know coordination and physicality like i don't right. want to call it a feat but you know yeah. you know what i mean i'm playing bass with my feet that's kind of a feat <laughs> yeah, yeah well, what does that what does that look like as far as I the, the live like the live interpretation of what's on the records you know like what are you both playing to to make such a full sound so first we thought that we were like okay we sh maybe what we should do because this is what a lot of bands do now is like play to a click track like nick would have a metronome in his ear the tempo would be set and then you play along to backing tracks which is essentially just like a wave file you're playing along with right. that's coming through and the audience is like hearing all these other parts that actually are pre-recorded which can work and we've done some tours with bands that like really can do that right and we tried like with that song ring ring we tried it we like basically pulled up the recording session and put on like the claps and like the harmonies and the bass and then we we're like all right let's just sing along and we'll play like guitar and drums and like have the click and see if it works and like it's kind of hard first of all it's like really different than just playing with people excuse me with people but you have to submit have to the to rhythm yeah you do but the problem is is we just love improvising and 
once you decide you're going to play along to backing track, you're like, there's no room for that. Exactly. Yeah. You're pinned down to the form and the tempo. Every night's the same. And so we were just like, well, maybe is there any way we can pull this off with just us? Like, how can we make it full with just two people? Cause we love low end and like, like just a like banging rhythm section. That's like something we just are super into. Yeah. And I would imagine, you know, with the tracks you're putting out too on the records, that you don't necessarily want it to be some compromise. No. Of, I mean, it obviously, it's going to be a different interpretation, but you exactly. don't want it to be like, oh, this is missing so much. No. Right. We, no, that's, no. Like, that's not even an option to us. It's like it has to deliver, and it has to have like just, as enough, just as much impact as the recordings, if not more, if you can. Like, right. So like, I play a keyboard, and a lot of times it's like a pretty synth-out tone where like the left hand will be playing bass lines, and the right hand will be doing like lead stuff. So that covers your like low and high. But then on a lot of those guitar songs, I'm playing guitar. I have to sit down, like change my whole vibe. I had to sit down, which I never have done live. Um, but then I have this like pedal board that's like uh, like actual bass pedals, like um, you know, like organ players, how they like they'll be like boom, 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 boom with their feet while be doing stuff with their hands, and that controls the keyboard, like the low octave of the keyboard. It's just a MIDI controller. So then when I'm playing guitar, I'm like playing pretty simple bass lines with my feet but it's like going through the loud keyboard bass amp synth tone so it's like really present and loud so that was our like that was our attempt at least yeah and you feel like a lot of those doing taking on some of those longer like two three hour sets that you guys have been willing to do has that been just huge for trying to figure this thing out yeah definitely and, yeah definitely. i mean honestly when we heard that we're getting offered these gigs. We're like, okay, that's a lot more than we have material for. But if you're a live performer, you just fucking make it work. That's like, that's the job, right? And so it's just like, let's just say yes, and we'll like figure it out. Exactly. We'll be forced to make it work. And like, every performer is tuned in with the audience. That's just what it is. And so like, you're just like looking at these people in front of you, and you're getting live action response if it if what you're doing is working. And so pretty quickly figured out how to keep people's interest for that amount of time, how to extend these three minute songs into like seven or eight minute songs or longer or longer, depending. We started like bl blending songs together, like just <laughs> having two songs in a row, just with some noise in between and just, just keep going. As long as it's good noise. Yeah. Yeah. So, do, you, do you feel like the stuff is, um, because it has, you know, such as like a high energy groove a lot of the time that that also makes it easy to become just like a background music at those those places and people buy into you creating like a 10 minute song out of a four minute song. Yeah. I mean, it's like what you were saying, Nick, with just like if there's just a pocket and a groove, you can play it for a while. You can. Yeah. Yeah. If you have people's attention and you're playing something just dancey. You can, yeah, people just, they just want to just let loose and hang out. It takes time to like unwind and start dancing and get, you know, feel good enough to do it. Totally. And was that um, pretty intentional from you guys when you started this project that you kind of wanted to make some music that inspired people to want to move? Definitely. I mean, we've always, we've always had that kind of vibe too. 
Yeah. I mean, even in the lower 48 days, we were always pushing dancey stuff. Well, in the beginning, it was really folky. Yeah, but... Well, once you get into, last, like... Yeah, when you get into, like, Hot Fool... Yeah. There's but, definitely some... You can kind of see where this progression comes from yeah, out of that. Totally. You know? Well, it's a fade. I, I remember when, like, yeah, when you started playing with, like, we started playing together and you started playing drums on the Lord 48 stuff. It was like no hi-hat, just shakers, claps, yeah. some snare and kick drum, no hi-hat. And we like, didn't, we weren't down with that for some First, reason. we didn't even have snare. Yeah. It was just totally. a kick drum and shakers and tambo. And then we were just like, why the fuck aren't we using a hi-hat? <laughs> and then we, like, it was just some stupid principle. And then we, like, started using it. It was like, oh, like, there's the dance. Like, mm-hmm. there's that offbeat. Right. That we needed. And, yeah, just, like, I don't know. It's been a, it's been all about the rhythm for a while, for sure. Right on. Cool. Well, let's, uh, let's divert from the, the, uh, the mixtape EP that you guys put out and uh, play one of these new... These new singles that you just dropped. Right on. Uh, Jackknife's been out for like a month or so, maybe? Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, did this track kind of come out of that same batch of... Uh, Th- this one we wrote like in the spring and just were like, see, this is what we're talking about with like how awesome it is to, even if it's like we have a janky recording setup, to just be able to like immediately capture the original inspiration of a song. And we were just like we kind of worked it up live first and then we were like, let's just record it. And we just did like shortly afterwards. And so we, what did we record it? Like early summer? Yeah. Three, four months ago. Right Right on. And it's also got uh, a dope B-side called forget about the years. But, uh, this is strange hotels. This is jackknife. Everybody.
So do you guys feel like with uh, with this project, it's kind of taught you guys to be more producers than just musicians? Kind of change the, the mm -hmm. roles of things a bit? The I way mean, you're yeah. building the songs and whatnot? Just if, I mean, if you just look at the amount of labor and time that goes into the music, a lot more of our time is being spent on the producing compared to like lower 48 stuff because like, we'd always hire engineers and stuff but yeah i mean definitely it's pushed our production skills i mean we we pushed the ipad program pretty it's much to its limited. limits it doesn't have <laughs> automation you know so like on any song you can like turn up a guitar part just specifically in one spot of the song or turn it down. We don't have that. Which I'm sure you know that. But um, yeah, we don't have that ability. So, But we found a way to kind of get around it in the program, but it involves like bouncing down tracks and sort it's of putting them on two like different tracks. It's almost like recording on like 16-track tape like before there are all these digital advancements. Except for it is digital and we are doing it on a screen, but it's like there's a lot of limits which force us to like make decisions. Like, okay, we have eight tracks that encompass the drums we need to get them down to one so we can record these harmony vocals and then we're like okay so we need to just like the levels between the different drums and the tones need to like we just gonna make a decision and commit and go with it and so we're like pretty much always just like yep there's a bus like well we bust on everything like when yeah. we're mixing stuff it's like one knob is like the vocals one knob's the drums and like which actually <laughs> if you make good decisions can we do a really easy mix at the end it does and I just imagine with this this whole setup of being able to record everything yourselves, then you're able to try as many ideas as as you want to try without having to, you know, feel like you're wasting time yeah, in the studio. Not, yeah, and exactly. No, it's great. Which we make the we, freedom. We fuck up a lot. We, we <laughs> waste a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. We really take that liberty. Yeah, <laughs> it's great lot. though. I mean, that's what we've always it's talked nice to about. Be able to make mistakes. Yeah, it's like, oh, that was a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, that's not going on the song. Yeah, but at least you got to try it. And right. years ago, I mean, we've always talked about like, man, someday we're just going to be able to like have a studio for as long as we want. And we won't have to worry about money. And we'll just get to like experiment. And it's like really cool because in this day and age, it's like, although we're not a famous band, uh, we do have that ability. And we don't have a world-class studio. Yeah, we don't have a world-class studio, but we can take our sweet time doing everything and try mm -hmm. anything we want to and... And we do stuff. And you can mix. You don't have to be at the studio to mix. Yeah, like, we can mix can in the car. We we do like so much processing when we're on these like godforsaken drives, like back to the Midwest, where it's just like ten hours of staring out the window, and we're like, let's pull up the mixes and like yeah. it's actually work on. We like know them. our yeah. car stereo pretty well, and like we can get some good shit done. You can be super resourceful in that way, and yeah, it's crazy because uh, like I I think everything you've put out so far sonically sounds so good. Oh, thanks, thanks, man. Thank yeah, you. Like it, I don't know. It doesn't sound like some home recording or anything. Good. Yeah. This dude, Nick, good. is like a really good mix engineer. He just, he really is. So yeah. Do, do you guys both kind of bring different, different strengths to the, to the process? Yeah. I mean, for sure. We're, we're pretty well-rounded in terms of these things, but definitely i mean i think in any partnership there's always going to be like one person has certain strengths and vice versa nick's like just i i don't know he does stuff with eq and compression that like i my ear like just can't quite do um it, it, even though i definitely am involved in the mixing but i it's like yeah he does a lot of the like final um final just like tone setting that like 
gets it into that place like really sounding nice. Um, and I think maybe what I do is like just editing, like cut. I, <laughs> I always cut stuff, which is a lot of it's my stuff, but we really believe that like you just have to like throw up way too many ideas and then just like pull them back. And, and it's fun that way too. Yeah. Cause coming up with ideas is maybe the most fun part. Yeah. You just, just like, all right, let's just do whatever. And you just do it all over the song. And then you're like, all right, that sucked. That's sucked. And there that is, sucked. A, there, there's, there is a satisfaction in being like editing yourself successfully. Like being there like, is. okay, yeah. I'm going to like, not just like give in to like all the things I want to do and like actually put myself in the headphones of an audience member and like, okay, what's working. And obviously, uh, the bond that you guys have is super deeply rooted at this point. It so is. I would imagine it makes it pretty easy to to be honest with one another about oh yeah the decisions yeah. that yeah. need to be made and just be like totally nah dude this yeah. doesn't work <laughs> yeah we do a lot of that yeah. it's all about just like keeping the egos just out just uh, yeah yeah it's funny because we pretty much agree 95 percent of the time sure. like there's like hundreds of decisions made on any given project that are just like we're just both just like yes like yeah. absolutely maybe more than 95 and then we'll like kind of like argue a little bit over <laughs> like the last five percent of it and i just like sometimes i step back i'm just like this is ridiculous like i don't, I don't care this much. <laughs> we just agreed on like almost everything and we're so just like, like no it needs more 2k and like, <laughs> yeah hard. it's just like yeah. ridiculous just something that nobody else would ever notice yeah <clears throat> that's a part of the process though yeah, yeah it is yeah i know it it's is. weird part of it is that not even what other people would hear. It's like that you just, feel good about it. Yeah. It matters. Yeah. I mean, it's arguably the most important thing. Yeah. Because you have to stand behind it in the end. Right. And you got to be able to get out of your own way sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. Totally. So it's that, that balance. For sure. Our lives, like you said, like we have a bond and like, yeah, it's pretty easy to be honest with each other. We're, we're like, I'm doing the fingers crossed motion right now, but yeah, we're like, we're tied at this point. Yeah, we like share a car and we date sisters <laughs> and they live together there's so yeah we'll like wake up at their house and not even like know that like oh what's up dude <laughs> want some coffee that's amazing yeah. <laughs> what about as far as the the songwriting at this point is it i mean it's obviously lean more towards producing these tunes but is it pretty 50 50 on on everything that's that's happening are you both bringing yeah kind of bones of things to it's, each other pretty pretty so far it's constantly is 50 50 we have just like a big like i feel like we have at this point like a rainbow of of different processes involving writing songs whether it's like ben bringing some lyrics and a melody or me bringing a beat or like us both working on the lyrics together we have like all these different sort of methods they're just every song's different it is different and, it, every and it's time. always it always feels like it's a complete collaboration between the mm -hmm. two of us and yeah i mean it's pretty it's easy it's just deeply woven it's pretty easy in a two person band though to feel like your ideas are getting involved enough like it and is. maybe that's why it's easy to cut stuff too because yeah, you're like you're well right. we're cutting this whole guitar part that maybe i liked at one point but if you listen it's like i'm also playing bass and piano and singing harmony on this it's like it's not like we're like erasing my like right. fingerprint on the song. Right. Which if you're in a big band, like you say five or way. six people, mm -hmm. it's like that guitar part might be your only real estate on right. the second verse. And so you're like going to fight for it. And so for this, it's like, 
Yeah, it's yeah. so collaborative. I mean, we just I just forget. Me too. I just forget who writes what. And it's like every idea, it's like when somebody has an idea, there's always like somebody else, you know, we like kind of just like throw it back. Like, oh, okay, if you have that idea, I have an idea on that idea. And then it just stacks like, oh, okay. And then we just kind of like wrap back and forth. It's like a good totally. flow. And yeah, you need someone because it's like, there's like the actual part or whatever you're playing and then the tone of it and then how you're going to record it. And yeah. so like pretty much every single idea, whether it's like sprung from the mind of one of us, it will be augmented and like implemented by the other person. Right. Which is, which is great. I mean, yeah. I mean, and you're obviously both incredibly close, but I would imagine that the sustainability is also of, of what you guys have done and, and how long you've been playing music together is a big reason for that is because you both feel fulfilled creatively. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It is really, it's very fulfilling because there's, a lot of room for both of us to be creative. It's one of those, it's one of the benefits of just like having just two people in a group. Yeah. When you guys uh, were ready to kind of roll out Strange Hotels, was it, it seemed to me from like an outside perspective that it was, it was pretty thought out in some ways. Like you wanted to have music available right away as soon as you kind of started mm-hmm. playing shows out and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How much, how much would you say, like the lower 48 experience kind of influenced the way that you guys kind of rolled things out a lot. Yeah. It's, it's impossible to separate that. We kind of contextually, it's like, we're just coming out of that. It's like all the experiences we've had from that. Yeah. And like, like, I mean, you always make mistakes. I'm sure there's mistakes we're making now that in a few years we'll look back. Like Like doing this podcast. Yeah. I mean, this is a, (laughs) you can start there. That's the worst one. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, like with the other band that we just like, you know, we're young, we're fucking up. We're like trying to like be in a touring band, which is like a crazy, stupid thing to try to do with your life. Yeah. Which I mean, we love it, but yeah, it's a little like, wild and like you're just gonna make mistakes and so we i would say you know we learned about every aspect of the music industry um in that old band and with this one like you said one of the things we were like we need music to be like instantly available when we start existing as a band that just seemed like instead of like being like you have to come see us live in order for us to exist it's like we had these recordings. We were like, let's just wait until they're done and mastered and there's artwork and it's like all ready to go. And then we'll just press play and we just have this mixtape out. Your recordings are like a, they're a crucial part of your resume as a band. If you look at it that way, it's like, it's how you like get more jobs. It's how people perceive you. It's how you show your experience because people hear that. They're right. Like, they're literally like hearing how experienced you are at making music and they're hearing your experience came into the music as well yeah for sure totally and you're not just uh not like hey we have a new band we're playing a show it's like no we have a presence we have yeah we have music available for you to listen to not not just a few songs but right you know we have an ep that that's got five or six songs and and for you to get acquainted with what's happening and and get you excited to come out to a show like i still haven't seen you guys play live yet um oh yeah but but we got that like, show coming I, up. I don't know. Yeah, we got we got that that show coming up, which is going to be so rad. But um, I feel like listening to the tunes and and maybe even just catching a a, 
a clip or something on Instagram of you guys playing live. Like I, I got it. I was just like, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. this band fucking probably crushes live. Like I don't need to. Yeah, see that's even a, see it to to know it exactly. And, and I was hear it. like, I remember when when uh, give a little shout out to Chris Martel, who's been incredibly supportive yeah. of, of shouts out uh, Endeavor of this, the man. Yeah, Endeavor of this podcast, and then I know that that he's also doing some booking for for y'all and and uh, but I remember when he like sent me an initial email of just like, hey dude, do you know about Strange Hotels yet? And like you should. And he told me to check it out and yeah just right from the get-go of, of checking out that mixtape ep i was i was so in like as Dude, soon rules. as ring ring came on i was i was very in and i was thinking about it today as i was kind of going back through all the tracks in more in depth and like i don't know it's just uh there's certain things certain music when it hits you, you know exactly where you were and whatnot. And yeah, like yeah. I remember exactly where I was going and what I was That's doing when I when like I heard your music for the first time in the car. I was I was uh like, yeah, it's just it it just kind of stuck with me and I was like, Dude, oh, awesome. this is like fucking rad. Super pumped about this. I mean, that's isn't that that's our whole goal, right? It's just like why do we want to make music? It's to like connect with people and affect people and just like give people something to listen to through in life you know so like yeah that's awesome that's yeah i don't know i was just overall very impressed with with the product if you will you know and 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 just also um just hearing all the different dynamics that exist just in sure. that that first ep and because i think you know like you you hear ring ring to to kick things off and you might might have some sense of what this thing is about, but there's there's so much more to it than than just that For sure. dynamic. And there's just like some of those like fat R and B tones that, yeah. that get thrown down. And I know we talked earlier about how important the the rhythm is to this whole situation. Yeah, and like oh, I was just thinking about right now, like that that mixtape was there's six songs and like talk about the process like every single song just in a completely different way that it was written and recorded mm -hmm. and so i think the unifying thing is that it's us and it's still like our taste and us singing and like the songwriting maybe like gives it co cohesiveness but um but they're that's it they're all really different like they they vary well yeah i mean even putting a song like come on forget it yeah up against uh like that tune jackknife that we just played yeah. which i know jackknife is not on the ep but i, th I think that just shows such a wide variety of of For what sure. is what you guys are capable of right and it's the same dude nick singing on both too yeah yeah you guys both sing lead on certain songs then too mm -hmm. yeah is it kind of a situation where whoever kind off. of brought that initial idea or is it kind of you guys just deciding through the process Sometimes. who is the best to <laughs> yeah it really just depends it just depends on the song it, yeah there's so it's very open and it's, it's yeah. very open there's no rules that's what that's what i love about this band it's just yeah we just kind of like we're just like whatever like let's just do whatever we want every time it's like nobody's like holding on to like but it has to be this way we're just like totally. free flowing yeah which is great it's like you can make i mean like Typically, the thing I think that people, like, write and then don't let anybody else do usually is, like, lyrics and melody. It's like, I wrote the lyrics and melody, I'm going to sing it. But we trade, like, a, we'll write lyrics for each other or melodies or, like, 
seriously, like, we lose track of who wrote what. Like it, it's like pretty easy. We just not worrying about it too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cool, and and even I don't know picking songs that I would use for music breaks in this particular episode. It was just uh, it was just one of those things where I felt like I could have picked any two. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and that includes like a seven minute plus jam of bad intentions. Yeah. Because I I just think. Dude, you know, that's that's, awesome. that's one of those things that's, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it's seven minutes because it's, oh, it's, good. it's super engaging, that's you good. know, and it's got a, a lot of different feels to it. We definitely, like, like I said about the editing, like, that those six songs came out of, like, 20 songs that we maybe started. And then it was, like, they just, like, slowly started, like, you know, like, uh, climbing to the top and, like, creative priorities just sort of, like, those were the ones that ended up being finished and sounding the best and so if we put out all 20 it wouldn't be as strong of a like an album i don't think so it was like those were definitely like the ones for like those yeah and was there also just uh a lot of wanting to play in different markets like pretty early on too as far as like just stepping out of portland i know you guys spent kind of a lot of time on the road this summer even yeah i mean Obviously, we want to go wherever, you know, money will take us. <laughs> but but, um, but Chris was, I mean, he was a huge deal. He That's like brought our us to booking a, agent. Yeah. He brought us to a lot of different places that we had never been. And, and uh, that's just where you, that's just where you become a band. I mean, it's like the, half of it's the studio production and the other half is like the live performance aspect. It's just like the only way to discover what you are is just to do it a lot and like improve hopefully every show play some bad shows play some good shows see what works see what didn't and just like hopefully keep pushing it towards what your ears are telling you to and like that that's kind of what for me it was just like we took so many gigs that weren't maybe the most practical like you're talking about money it wasn't always i mean we're trying to pay the bills trying to keep the lights on like we we You're trying it. to do this. It's yeah. necessary. Yeah, yeah. It, it and really what's is. great about yeah. another thing great about two people is like it's easier to keep everybody fed. Right. When there's just two of us. Yeah. Like we just throw the money on the table at the end of the night and chop it up like pirates, you know? But right. But it's like we we just were like, let's get on stage, let's see what works, let's just like try to just get as much time playing in front of sometimes two people to like, you know, whatever our better shows have been. And just this first year, like, keep cutting our teeth on the live set. And, like, it, it did just improve, like, steadily. Yeah, have you also, like, experienced a pretty cool response from maybe folks that, have, like, would have come out to see the Lower 48 in the past and see what you guys are doing now? Yeah, in Portland, we got a lot of Lower 48 fans to come and check it out. And I, so far, I think the reception's been pretty good. The other thing, though, is because we're more dancey and... Uh, just different vibe. It's a different year. It's like we're just getting put on different bills at different venues in front of different types of crowds, which is so fun too. Yeah. To like see your music going to like just like oh this we've never played a show like this before because we're getting like booked in a different profile and like yeah, it's been good. I think the response has been good. Yeah, I think also like once people realize that you're like the type of band that can get people moving and, and dancing, you know, like it does open you up to a completely different yeah, you could avenue of shows. A different you know? night, a different club with a different band. and 
does. And then you hang out with different people afterwards. Like it's it's just been it's been awesome. And what's fun about starting over new is like every little like inkling of a success just feels like this big victory because it's new. So it's like anything is like awesome. Yeah, it's always I don't know. It's crazy when you when you uh the ability to create something out of nothing is is pretty mind blowing. I think. Yeah. You know? And when you put the time in and then you mm. see that mm-hmm. that people are responding to it, you know? Yeah. Not that we're making everything that we're doing for like validation, but like that is a big part of it too. When you do make something and a bunch of people vibe with it, you're yeah. like, Oh, this That's this was cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. And like Right, it's like we're not just making music for other people, but we are making music for for people to dance to and listen to and like just get down with and that feels like we're connecting through our music with them when we do that. And that that's the point, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also exciting you can even hear it in the recordings and I'm sure it's even more visible in in the live setting, but you're writing some really killer tunes with like these fat hooks and and some pop sensibilities, but there's also like some technicality shit that that comes through mm-hmm. in all of it too, where it's just like, oh, there's there's a lot of character to these like pop songs. Huh. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really so, glad you like it. It's yeah. awesome. I dig it quite a bit, and I'm, I'm yeah, just super pumped for we're this. We're gonna have to lace. We'll show you some unreleased stuff once these mics turn off. Yeah. Yeah. That's not for you. That's not for you, <laughs> listeners, to hear. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm just super. Super pumped for this Doug Fur show that we're Me too, man. doing we're, together. I, we feel so lucky to get to play with uh, Autonomics and Gold Casio. Like, yeah, I, I, it's just like they're so sick. Such good local bands, and yeah, we're like honored to be opening the night up. Absolutely, man. And I'm yeah, super pumped to just kind of have the opportunity to hang with you guys and learn more about where your tunes come from. And it's always really cool when you get to see uh, the bond between, like, especially a duo. Like, mm-hmm. uh, for all the duos that I've I've spoken to thus far, it it always does seem like there is a different vibe to that, and I, I think it's probably just because there's there's more of this this one on one bond. Yes, it <laughs> is. Know? Yeah, it's super intense. Yeah, but I don't know. It's it's always like a nice look into things, and uh, yeah, I just appreciate the fuck out of uh, what you guys are doing. And you too, man. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Um, we're going to play it out with, uh, I feel like uh, Life on a Mountain is probably my, my favorite song in the, oh, the Strange Hotels catalog. Can, can we speak on that process? Yeah, for a absolutely. Second? I, would, I would love to uh, just, I don't know, get yeah. some foundation for this tune. And I mean, that was, that was the weirdest yeah, actu- process. I'm actually, yeah, I didn't even, when you pointed out that each song on the mixtape was a different process, I was like, oh, yeah, it really was. Like, I knew really that. But, but yeah, like you did that that baseline in the beginning of life on the mountain on this like weird acoustic bass. And then he like Ben basically had made that beat. Like it was the, the same, whole thing, the, the guitar, guitar and the piano, the piano and the bass. And then there was a drum machine that we took out later and replaced. Right. Well, we kept it, but we added to it. I thought which, we were, no, we replaced it. No, it, it's both. It's this there. is the five percent actually, of arguing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. He stuck that through. in. I no, didn't this know. This is good. We yeah, need we this. We did that after I went home. We used both. <laughs> but, but yeah. And I just remember just 
loving the vibe of that beat and I don't but know. But it was nothing. I it was just like it was just like two chords, which the whole song is two chords, and acoustic guitar and piano, and then like I sent it to him like, What do you think of this? And then I was actually down in California on a trip and he's like, Hey, I worked on that and sent it and was just like completely fleshed out, like an astounding amount of ideas. And I was like, Holy shit. Like I can't believe you turned that little simple idea into this like awesome, complicated, beautiful song. Yeah, and uh, like, what what drives that song from a lyrical perspective? Uh, I mean, I guess just like nostalgia. I'm I'm a really like nostalgic, you like are. reflective dude. I'm always I don't know. Your curse is well. Hard to speak. I hear, <laughs> hard to I hear speak you. I don't What's, even. Yeah, I don't even. Just like I being, know. I don't know. Just being like you know, tw- twenty five or however old I was. I don't even remember. But I, I don't know. I was just, <laughs> just in one of those moods it's where it's like answer. it's beautiful out, and like <laughs> I smoked some weed, and I was just like kind of reflecting on my life. And you don't feel like happy or sad. You're in like that in between. It's like a really pleasant feeling, but you don't want to call it like pleasant because it's like this like mixed yeah like emotion of like kind of like i don't know and do you remember what happened where it's like i because i come in at the end with that like different vocal part yeah and like i wrote that when i came up with the beat but i didn't really like it so i muted it and i sent you the session right and then we like worked on the song and added all this stuff which is around that other melody and like you added bass line and like then right near the end of the song we were like, oh, what's this? We completely forgot about that other vocal part. We unmuted it. And we're like, oh. It's like, that's that's right. This <laughs> and, too. And it fits. And it fits. It and fits still w- still works. And so we like harken back. So those lyrics are almost like completely unrelated from the rest of the song because they were just like written differently by a different dude. Right on. Well, like I said, I, I dig all of the tunes. This one particularly is the is like my favorite jam right now. But uh Thank you so much. Yeah. We end every episode of the uh, the podcast with the the guest saying the tagline for the the show, which is "It's a program," and I, f- I feel like you guys have to do it so together. Say, that would be the only way. So we say it's a program. You say it's a program. However, you would like to to do it. You got to give us the uh, the strange hotels. It's a F program to, to properly sail it out. One, two, three. It's, it's a, a program. program. <laughs> All right, one more. One. It's two. a what? It's a program. It's a program. A program. Okay. Yeah. Program. Program. Two, three. It's, it's a, a program. program. That's strange hotels, everybody. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for hanging. I will make sure to uh, include all the links in the episode notes so folks can and come to the Doug Fur show. Keep up with y'all. It's and, gonna be uh, slamming. Yeah, November twentieth, the Doug Fur. It's gonna be incredibly crazy. We're gonna film and and track all the audio and produce some really really dope live videos, which I'm super excited about. Uh, we're playing it out with. Uh, Life on a Mountain, which is on the mixtape EP, and you can find that on all the streaming platforms that you uh, find your music. And that's it, everybody. That's the Jelly Jam, and uh, we will catch you on the flip side, Portland. Came up fast, been a while since our first time, and now it's over. a kiss upon my shoulder And it felt like I'm to die
It's, it's a, a program. program.